VGRT Gaming Podcast, episode 691, recorded on August 1st, 2023. Hello, and welcome to the 691st edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 524th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am Jonah Falcon. VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. So, um, a lot of things are starting this week, um, especially Baldur's Gate 3, because since, um, <laughs> since Larian wants to avoid the... Uh, Void Starfield, they moved the PC version up to the third, which is in two days from this recording. And they put it on the same day as Starfield for the PlayStation 5, because PlayStation 5 owners will not be playing on it. So, anyways, um, I will be playing Baldur's Gate 3. I can't just yet. Have you played Baldur's Gate 3, TJ? I have not yet. Yeah, same. I've been holding off until the 1.0, and I think I'm going to end up holding off actually until the PS5 release because Sam and I still need to finish uh, Original Sin 2, and uh, and it'll be nice. And since uh, the PS5 version is launching at the beginning of September, it'll you be under- time to get that done. You understand it's the same developer; it's not the same universe, right? <laughs> right, right. But like, we want to fin- like we we we're like. We are a good deal of the way into our adventure in, in Divinity Original Sin 2, and I feel like if we start Baldur's Gate 3 before we finish Original Sin, then we'll never finish Original Sin. You know, um, uh, the early access version of Baldur's Gate 3 was like 50-some-odd gigabytes. The final release is going to be a lot bigger. <laughs> yes. Like 122, I think it was. Something like that. So. Yeah, it's a chunky It's a chunky game. Yeah, and here's the thing. The what little I've played of it... I haven't seen any any connection with Baldur's Gate 3, so hopefully, I mean, with Baldur's Gate, I hope that the full version, because Larian has said, you know, yes, it's, it is a Baldur's Gate game for a reason. There is going to be some connection. I have not seen it yet. They, they showed a screenshot of one of the museums that I recognized from the first game uh, in, in there, so you will eventually go there. It's, just, it's, not Baldur, it's not Baldur's Gate 3 without Minsk. Well, yeah, they showed his, him as well. And his uh, giant space ham- uh, miniature giant space hamster. Yeah. I'm sure Go for the eyes, to... boo! Go for the yeah. eyes! He did. Swords for everyone. Did um, did you pre-order it, uh, Scott? Are you buying it? I'll probably buy it after its release, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, one writer talked about how there's only one game he's really going to play, and it's going to be Baldur's Gate 3, and it's like, dude... I've, in my life, I've played more than one game, uh, more than one epic RPG at once. You know, it's not like they're both going to sap my, my time away. I know you got, like, there's hundreds of hours to be played in this game, and there's all these endings, and apparently your choices matter uh, oh, yeah. with what you do. Uh, it's, I don't know, I, I think this this game will definitely take a lot of time. So um, I've been playing Midnight Suns again, but this time, since it was on sale, I bought it on the Xbox with all the DLC. So I finished up, I finished up Morbius, I finished up Storm, I finished up Deadpool, and I finished up Venom, and I finished up the entire Vampire storyline. So there's that at least. And now all I'm doing post game is trying to grind up people so that I can get more achievements. That's basically what it's there for. Just, just an achievement machine now. I will be playing Baldur's Gate 3, though. There's no doubt about that. And I had to do something about it, and we'll talk about it in the news I, uh, news in a second. Uh, what have you been playing, Scott? Uh, just Minecraft, and uh, you know, I finished no up trails Zelda games? already. No so trails games? Kind of Wait, you could late. finish Breath of the Wild? Is that yeah, possible? I, you could, I you could finish I Breath of the Wild? Of Kingdom. I some some people talk about they've been playing it for 150 to 200 hours. Uh, for... Let's see. I think I did play over 150 hours for uh, Tears of the Kingdom. Yes. Jesus Christ. And I, so I I didn't even finish all the quests, but I finished 
the major stuff. I got all the shrines, all the light roots. How about you, TJ? <laughs> How many hours have you put into that thing? <laughs> um, I've gone back and forth between a few different big games right now. So, like, yeah. I, I, I have put a lot of time into Zelda, but I have also taken a small break, step back from it. But to play Jagged Alliance 3, I'm sure. It's been a big year for uh, games this this year. It's been just so many. And Sea of Stars is coming out at the end of August, which I I backed. So I'll be getting that and playing that as well. And and, and yet Starfield is like this big meteor that's coming down that people are scattering from. Either putting counter-programming like Baldur's Gate 3 on the PS5, or or they're releasing their game early like like Baldur's Gate on August 3rd, just to avoid it. It's weird. Oh, and and, uh, Ayudian Chronicles 100 Heroes has been delayed till uh, 2024. Oh, thank God. I feel like it moved out of the way of the Starfield uh, Meteor. I'm so glad that that game got pushed back to early 2024, because, like, I want to play that game, and I don't want it to be buried in other cool stuff. Wait, did you you play the the prequel, TJ? No, but I've played plenty of Suikoden, and I love Suikoden, and it looks okay. exactly like Suikoden. But here, here's the thing about the prequel, um, which I've played. It's pretty light. It's it's heavy and light at the same time. Like it's a bunch of fetch quests, and you spend like 20 hours playing it. But it feels like a really rich 20 hours, and you don't regret a second of it. It's like yeah, yeah. I like the characters in Rising. That was they did very good job there with the writing. And the thing, the only thing that bothers me is that the gameplay is different than what it's going to be in 100 Heroes, but, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, this was meant to be a relaxing, chill game compared to 100 Heroes. And there's all that drama about Final Fantasy 16 right now. Oh, yeah. All the drama. <laughs> and it has, nothing, it has nothing to do with turn-based or turn-based or, or action either. It's just, every, everything's just swirling around that, that game, you know? It's like going on and something we're also not going to talk about people are really upset at sony yet again because once again they release a game on steam like a couple of months after the main release or even years after the main release and it is buggy as shit and people are wondering what the hell are you doing sony is sony accused microsoft well they're going to gimp up call of duty and make it inferior meanwhile sony is making their games on pc inferior they do so many patches i don't get it what's going on with ratchet and clank i don't know I'm asking TJ because he's probably all over that. <laughs> I mean, it's just unoptimized, and it's—I mean, nah, like I, I'm not going to make excuses for Sony because like they should be doing better with those ports. If they're going to port them, they might as well do it well instead of like mm-hmm. doing these buggy, shoddy like glitch fests. So, so they then have to spend a week apologizing for, and then months fixing. So you want to talk about being glommed, uh, TJ? Here are the games that were added to my press account, optionally to play. Uh, the Legend of Heroes Trails into Reverie, Xenonauts 2, Punch Club 2, uh, Remnant 2, Ratchet and Clank, Nova Strike, and the Expanse of Telltale series. It's like, there's no way I'm going to be able to play any of these games all at once. <laughs> yeah. I can understand that. It's it, really ever- crazy. Everybody raves about Xenonauts. I haven't played Xenonauts. Have you? Um, I have not. Everybody talks great about that. I know that TJ uh, Scott is saying, ooh, you got a Legend of Heroes game. We've got one of the Trails game. You should be playing yeah. it. I don't have 200 hours, Scott. Those games take forever. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to Punch Club, too. I mean, um, I enjoyed Punch Club. I did not expect it to go into a turn that it did. It was... I thought it was going to be like a boxing simulator. No, it's, it's a superhero game. <laughs> it's a superhero game, and your boxer is a superhero. Um, everybody's raving about Remnant 2, and I don't know anything about Remnant. Oh, my goodness. That's, well, I, let me talk about what I've been playing, then. Remnant 2? Um, Remnant, <laughs> Remnant from the Ashes is one of a handful of games that I've Oh, I remember stuff. Remnant. Yeah, that was the... Um, that was the <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, Yati Croshaw reviewed it, and he said, like... He was really bored the first 10 hours and stuff, and all of a sudden he was enjoying himself without knowing why because he was hopping around everywhere, and it's like it really kicks it up, uh, kicks it up a notch. Really slow beginning, and then it just goes nuts. Remnant 2 cuts out that boring clutter at the beginning <laughs> and throws you right into it. 
Okay. So, like, these games, they, Remnant 2 is built very similar to Remnant 1 in that, like, you it's a roguelike third-person shooter with, like, Dark Souls elements. And, like, yeah. the whole idea is that you go through the campaign, and the maps you travel and the dungeons you find will be randomized based on your campaign like your instance of the campaign. So you could find a boss that you don't, that your friend didn't, you could find a weapon or like a piece of armor or a pe- or, or a, or a ring or an amulet mm. that does different things. And your friend might never see that in their own game, but they'll find stuff that you haven't found. And mm. it's got such an addictive loop to it. where like, every time I play that game, I'm like, I, I got to do one more dungeon. I got to get one more boss. I got to go back to camp one, one more, more time and, and level my uh, and level up my guns and level up my equipment. It sounds like and what then, I'm really getting. It sounds like what happens to me and I'm really getting into Dead Cells. Yeah, and like the and it does the Dark Souls things of like you have like main hub maps and the dungeons kind of like branch off from them. So you have to go around the hub maps and unlock shortcuts for yourself to travel them more easily. Yeah. And it's very unforgiving. It's a it's a very co op uh, it's a very co op encouraged game. Okay. Just because of how tough it can be, but uh, it, it can be done solo because I I've I've done it. Well, I've played Left 4 Dead Here solo, but it's not it's not fun. It's not very fun solo. Yeah. But I'm having a blast. I love the weapons. I love the gear that you find. One of the funnest things about it is that as you as you go through it, you uh, you have slots on your weapons for mods, and the mods can do things like, you know, if you can you you might get scrap shot, which allows you to fire a grenade onto the ground in front of you that drop that explodes and shoots out uh, caltrips on the ground, which will slow enemies that run through them. Or you might get one that just like fires a chain hook into an enemy and then you yank it back and cause initial damage and bleed damage over time to them. Right. Or you might get one like what I got <laughs> recently where you spawn an evil eye that just floats over your shoulder. And if you're aiming down the sides of an enemy, the evil eye will open up at them and inflict madness and damage on them over time. It's just ridiculous what kind of stuff you get in that game. It's so fun. I love it. Yeah. And I want to play the new Telltale game. I mean, it's in quotation marks, really. The Expanse? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of Telltale, but it's not run by the same people who did, just some people from Telltale who kept it up. And I know I'm not going to have time for it. It's it, By the way, that game screams to me it should have been a Game Pass game. I don't know why. It just feels like one. Yeah, I can see that. Um... I did play a game on Game Pass late, and it's no longer on Game Pass, and that's Dreamscaper. And I really enjoyed what little I played of it, because it's sort of like playing The Binding of Isaac, except in a more dreamlike world. Have you played Dreamscaper? I have not. You should try it. It's 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 a new it's a new look at the. Um, at a, uh, a Binding of Isaac type game, you know, that kind of roguelike. And it is really beautiful, and the music is so soothing, you know, but it's still a roguelike, so you get your ass kicked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll probably have to buy it. It's only like 15 bucks, I think. Um, also, um, since, it, since there's a free trial, I tried some Super Mega Baseball 4. And um, it's Super Mega Baseball 3, except now there's, there's shading. And the graphics are, are 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 more 3D. And I haven't. I'm not playing with the um with the all you know the old timers. I'm just playing with the regular players. So I'm back with the Moon Stars with all my uh, my familiar Moon Stars players. And they expanded upon the franchise mode and you know training and, ch- and all that stuff. And I'm going to tell you something. I think I prefer Super Mega Baseball 4 to MLB The Show, in, at least in terms of gameplay and presentation and the fact that they're not trying to pump me. For for uh, live service shit, so <laughs> um so did you how how much of uh how much of Dragon Alliance three did you play? I've uh, I've gotten to a, a certain point where I'm gonna have to like um 
after I finished the review on that game, I just kind of got buried in other things. Because, like, Remnant, I've been trying to play Remnant 2 because I've been very excited about that game for a long time. I've also been working on Pikmin 4 because ah. that game is absolutely delightful. That's and, like, also strangely terrifying at times. The, mo- <laughs> the monsters in Pikmin are really intense. And uh, So you're saying Pikmin is, is scarier than Overlord? A little bit. Like, <laughs> you're wandering around this bright and cheerful place full of good, full of charming music and good vibes. And then like you wander into a place where there is just a, a, like a dark arena and there's a there's a, a ball hanging overhead and you throw a Pikmin at it. And that ball is a is a dancing disco ball spider with giant legs that wants to stomp on you. And it's like, what the f- is going on? What is this? I hate it. <laughs> Oh, so you're saying it's more like grounded? Okay, <laughs> it's it's a little bit intense and terrifying at times. Like we're like, we're like, you're 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 on Sesame Street at one point, and then you're in Traumaville. <laughs> oh, it's it's like Bug Snacks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good comparison. It is a little bit like Bug Snacks. <laughs> and Scott, you just playing Minecraft and stuff, right? You said yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> I saw another article about Baldur's Gate 3, and someone was saying that, yeah, making four people do co-op for 200 hours is just evil. Can you imagine four friends trying to play Baldur's Gate 3 to its completion? It's like take 100 to 200 hours. No, not at all. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Anyways, we're I don't gonna... know. Actually, I, I, I will do that with Sam, but like that's Sam. Oh, that's true. If you have, if if yeah, if you live with the people, then it's a little easier. But then it's uh-huh. like, oh, listen, I need you to come over here. We're, I'm playing Baldur's Gate 3, and I need you again. Yeah. And it's local co-op right now, right? Like, they're going to patch an so. online co-op down the line, but I think I it's just going to be local co-op out of the gate. I don't know. I, I'm not – I'm single-playering it only. Yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to quick news. And uh, with Baldur's Gate, uh, the Baldur's Gate 3 developer Larian tells early access players to delete their saves and delete the game to uh, avoid unintended conflicts at launch. Which makes sense because um, there's going to be so much more content and they probably made more tweaks. And I'm pretty sure your save files will bug out if you try to play the early access stuff on uh, on the full release game. And you know, it's funny. Baldur's Gate just snuck up on me. It's like, oh, Baldur's Gate is coming out in two days. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's like I'm counting the days to Starfield. But it's like Baldur's Gate. Hey, it's ready. It's like, you know, it's like you're you're going to a date. And your date suppose is at is, uh, you think your date's at at eight o'clock, but then your date calls up and says, "See you in fifteen minutes." It's like, oh shit, I have to take a shower right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm definitely gonna be playing because I've acted early access. Uh, do you already have a? You're gonna be playing day one, uh, uh, TJ. Uh, not I mean not day one on PC. Like I said, I'm gonna wait for the I'm gonna wait for the PS5 release so I can finish Divinity. So just so you can make sure that you see all the nine scores that this game is gonna get, right? Yep. <laughs> uh, it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a podcast without us announcing yet another monster coming to Dead by Daylight. This time it's Alien, and Ripley will be a new survivor. It's not quite as creative as having Nicolas Cage as himself last time, but you know. Uh. I'm absolutely excited for the alien because they're also going to do the Nostromo map. It looks like that will be a fun map to run around in. And the alien is a, the Xenomorph is possibly one of the scariest creatures of all time. So that's a huge get for dead by daylight. Like, I don't know. I I love the idea of that. It's, it's taken a long time for them to get to alien content, but here we are. Do you remember the Lego uh, toys to life game? Yes. This is Dead by Daylight is, gonna, is is turning out to be that the equivalent of that because you know Toys to Life oh we have the Simpsons oh now we have Back to the Future oh we know you know it's like all these random characters that you oh we have Gremlins now it's like oh we have Alien oh we have uh, we have um, well not Texas we have uh, not the Texas Chainsaw that's gonna be its own game I hope those guys have permanent license for that game because <laughs> um. It's going to be a shame if, like, in two years, say, oh, guess what? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre license is gone. You have to quit the game now. Just like Friday the 13th is always a mess, though. Who knows who owns that property? Sean Cunningham says he does. The studio says they do. You know. 
I would think that after you run into a snafu that big once, you kind of go out of your way to make sure it never happens again. But here's I the thing. I hope so, anyways. But here's the thing. At least doing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre allows them to do more than one villain at a time because it's a family. So now you have uh, the uh, victims versus a family rather than just one big hulking zombie. Yeah, and the and the family members look like they have very, very different what's the word for it functions to them as well uh, as far as like what they can do and how they, how they'll chase you. Anyways, we're going to move on to game news. Uh, the first news is rumor elder scrolls Four remake is in development. And this comes to us from game rant, a remake or remaster of the elder scrolls Four oblivion might be on the horizon according to a newly surfaced rumor. However, the project is allegedly not in the works of Bethesda who are busy wrapping up development on Starfield. And Oh, by the way, they're also working on the elder scrolls six, uh, a roadmap detailing the upcoming projects from the Paris branch of Vitrus, Virtuous, Virtuous. It's not spelled Virtuous. It's Virtuous, Virtuous, Virtuous. Anyways, an international studio specializing, who specialize in remakes, remasters, and AAA co-development efforts was leaked. Namely, the Singapore-based company is currently said to be working on an updated version of, the, of Oblivion, which is codenamed Alter. The supposedly Unreal Engine 5-powered game is reportedly targeting a late 2024, early 2025 release, depending on whether Virtuous uh, ends up delivering a remaster or a full-fledged remake. Uh, Virtuous' alleged project remap containing this claim surfaced on uh, gaming leaks and rumors on Reddit over the weekend with that community's mod team reporting they had verified the identity of its poster as an ex-Virtuous employee. The source of the leak deleted both their post and the Reddit account within hours of sharing the info, but not before it was reported by X-Fire. Originally released in 2006, uh, Oblivion is still widely re- uh, considered to be one of the best Elder Scrolls games ever created. Uh, one of the things that they say is that all the physics and the actions in the game are going to remain the Elder Scrolls. All it's going to do is get a new paint with uh, with the Unreal Engine 5, which I am fine with if, if, if they can make it look that good. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's been long enough that Elder Scrolls 4 with current technology would look absolutely incredible like the different that's that's the kind of game where you could make a huge difference if in in like building that in ue5 um yeah. the, the story was all, is also more coherent than than morrowind and uh and skyrim and definitely daggerfall am i thinking of three or four where like the big thing is that marion's dagon like the the daedric princes yeah so what happens is that um there's the last line um Patrick Stewart comes out and says, you are the one I've seen in my dreams and then gets murdered. And uh, Martin is the last of the Uriel Septim line and all the oblivion is coming and all these machines are popping out of the ground and you have to go into the oblivion world and take out the machines. Right. And at the end, um, Martin becomes a dragon and kills main Runus Dagon. Oh wait, no, that I think that's Morrowind. Uh, I know he kills one of the Daedric princes though. The one behind oblivion. Um, Marion's is like a giant, if I remember correctly. I think I think that's Morrowind. Okay. By the way, um, uh, martyrs are still working on Sky Morrowind. Yeah, part of that. I don't know if this would be in conflict. No, I mean here's the thing. This is going to be made by professional developers who specialize in making remasters. So, yeah. And it's interesting, you know, I'm, I'm glad Bethesda's doing it because they already remastered uh, Skyrim, right? And I know they can't be bothered to remaster Oblivion by themselves. So I could I could buy the idea that they, they um, you know, they, they uh, subcra- subcontracted out to do this. And here's the thing. It would be perfect because you release Oblivion in late 2024 and late 2025, and what comes out next year the elder scroll 6 and microsoft already revealed in the uh, ftc lawsuit lawsuit that they're planning on releasing uh elder scroll 6 in 2026 and it's probably gonna be in november because all elder scrolls games are released in november so yeah i mean having being able to play oblivion again as sort of like a, a like a warm-up that'd be pretty nice yeah that would be very fun i uh, but like as far as this goes, like I would be thrilled to see any of the early uh of of any of the early Elder Scrolls games get a remake because like they're old enough at this point that Dagger- they would really benefit from it. Daggerfall has gotten modded the hell out of 
and uh, it's I, I actually downloaded Daggerfall because it's free on Steam. Not only is it on, not only is uh, Daggerfall on Game Pass, but it's also free on Steam. And it's dated. It's a 1998 game, so. Oh yeah. But the thing is that there's so many mods that improve it, and I saw a channel which used all the appropriate mods to make it a really good. Game. I mean, still primitive in certain ways, but I'm going to tell you something. Not a single Elder Scrolls matched its character creation. Not a single one. They still have. I think I played it a little bit, and like even with the mods <laughs> and like being the the definitive version of the game, I feel like that's one of those games where you like you really have to want to play it. If you here's the thing, you know, this is a, this is not a game in which is made to explore. It's made to quick travel. Yeah. Because yeah. you go up to the map and you go to the towns and that's it. You don't because uh, the rest of it is procedurally generated and it's not really well procedurally generated. You go to a forest. Oh, there's a bunch of trees. Oh, you go to uh, the winter. Oh, there's lots of snow. Oh, you go to one of the random uh, dungeons. Oh yeah, it's three rooms. The four room really dungeon. All of Tamriel at your at your disposal and it and it's like to scale, which is ridiculous. But it's also empty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like playing the the, I mean, it, it was, the it, launch it, it, version of No Man's Script. Here's the thing: if they ever made a a curated, you know, you can still procedurally generate uh, Daggerfall, but you do it so that you know you have curation, so that all you all you're doing is like they did with Starfield is like you're creating the planet, then you put stuff on it, you manually put stuff on it. That's what they could do with Daggerfall. I would have made it to where like you have episodes in that game that you can play where like you play an episode like if you want to experience a journey with like the the red guard then you have an episode with the red guard you want to have an ep- you want to have nah, a journey that, nah, that like nah. takes you to Skyrim then you have an episode with Skyrim I would want I would a- want them to make an, a full on remake and just make it the same size the entirety of Tamriel just take six years to do it. We'll wait. <laughs> we'll wait. You, you do the other projects and you just do the side project of, of Daggerfall on the side. Hell, you know, I, I'm surprised that Bethesda doesn't go to modders more often and say, hey, listen, we want to make a remake of uh, Daggerfall. You want to work on all the hard stuff for us and we'll give you credit and money? Yeah, or, I don't know. Or maybe they're worried someone will make hunt down the Freeman. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> We're going to move on to the next item. You can take this, DJ. City Skyline 2's maps will be about five times as large as the original. From Shack News. In the latest feature highlights video on the City Skyline's YouTube channel, the squares on which players build sections of their city will be smaller, but the overall map will be much bigger. In City Skylines, the playable area consisted of 5x5 five five tiles, nine of which could be purchased once everything was unlocked, Colossal Order says. One map tile is 1.92 by 1.92 kilometers, which results in a total playable area of about 92.16 kilometers squared, with a maximum of 33.18 kilometers squared to build a city on. In City Skylines 2, one map tile is much smaller, roughly a third of the size of what's in the predecessor, but you are able to unlock almost all tiles, giving you a whopping total of 441 tile map tiles. That results in a playable area of about 159 kilometers squared, which is roughly five times bigger than City Skylines. It's set to launch in October of this year. Okay, go ahead and gush, TJ. Wow, they're like taking one of the most downloaded mods uh, that was in City Skylines and just making it a regular feature of the game right out of the gate. Hey, they're doing that with a lot of their stuff. I mean... Just watching the trailer, I can see. Oh, there's the mass transit uh, thing. Oh, there's the you know they're they're incorporating a lot of DLC from the first game into this game. Yeah, because like, do you have to build on all those tiles? No, of course not. You would absolutely not have to build on all those tiles. But the point is that if you want to, that you can, and that's what makes it cool. Because like, I'm probably not gonna use even close to 441 tiles when I build my first, second, third, or even tenth city. <laughs> but eventually, somebody will, and the option to be able to do that is just nice to have. I love that they're being so, like, they're meeting the community's needs. They've seen what the community likes, what they want, what they've been doing with the game and mods and the Steam Workshop for years, and they're implementing that stuff into City Skylines 2, right from the gate, so that, like, who, and they're still even allowing mod support. So who knows what people will come up with after they get the vanilla game? 
Here's the thing. I actually like the idea of playing on smaller tiles because it allows you to focus more. You don't have to worry as much about, you know, your sanitation or stuff like that. And just, you know, branch out from there. You know, just do a little bit and then move back a little bit and do a little bit more and then move back and do a little bit more. Because I will say this, um, when I played City Skylines like a month ago, it's feel it felt like the area was a, a touch big, a too big for me. You know, it's like oh, I have to extend the uh, the water pump all the way over here, and you know, it's forcing me to create you know a residential, a residential, commercial, and uh, and industrial way too much. It's like it's it's I'm trying to make a big city when I just need to do a small city for a small village first, you know, and have the village grow before it starts getting bigger and becomes a city. Yeah. And it sounds like uh, the way that they're going to do it with some of the tiles on uh, city skylines too, is that like, you'll like city skylines one, you'll get to a certain point where your population has reached a certain point. So you reach a milestone and you unlock certain things. Uh, it's a, it's very strongly implied that one of those unlocks is going to be more tiles to build your city. So, it's nice that there's like a progressive system that like lets you build small, fiddle, fiddle around, learn the mechanics, see what you want to do. And then it's like, hey, would you like to have this other new tile where you can build more stuff? And at that point, you should maybe feel a bit more comfortable about it, which is a good idea to me. We're going to watch the next item. Go ahead, Scott. Okay. Hasbro says Activision has lost its Transformer games on a hard drive in its offices somewhere. This is from Eurogamer. Has you know what? I, you know, uh, you know. At some, I, I, I think if I was to read this article, I'd have the gonk as musical background. You know, the gonk. Because this is such a silly story. It, it really is. This, this. Uh... <laughs> This makes me glad they got bought, you know. <laughs> Anyways, read on, read on. <laughs> Anyways, Hasbro wants to put its older Transformers video games on Xbox Game Pass, but says it can't because Activision doesn't know where it stored them because it doesn't make millions like World of Warcraft. Activision, along with subsidiaries, was responsible for developing and publishing plenty of Transformer games over the years, including the popular Transformers Fall of Cybertron and Transformers Devastation. A new game for the franchise titled Transformers Reactivate is currently in development by Brink developer Splash Damage, but if you're hoping to brush up on older titles ahead of its release, you're out of luck. The game would be an easy Game Pass ad, the spokesperson said, but apparently Activision not sure what hard drives they're on in their building. Hasbro has some games assets, the spokesperson said, which were used to design a new line of Transformer based on the games. For Fall Cybertron, it had everything it needed, but Hasbro ended up ripping files for War for Cybertron from the game itself. We had to rip it ourselves because Activision could not find it. They kept sending concept art instead, which we didn't want. We need what we need there, the CAD. Oh, so I, I for know, those I, who, yeah, for those who don't know, the CAD is a 3D, uh, is a 3D uh, uh, grid which you know used for um, for uh, printing, 3D printing. I, I, I relate to that so much when I ask for DWGs and they give me the PDF and it's like I don't want the PDF. <laughs> I want the DWG. DWG can scale. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, any Transformer fans wanting to play Activision older games will have to wait and see if the, uh, they can be found once Microsoft acquisition deal for the company concludes. So, oh, we found uh, it in Bobby Kotick's desk. <laughs> they're they're going to have to like audit all the computers and see where all the stuff is. I mean, that's just a mess. That's terrible. So, like, a little history here. Um, the original um, files for Silent Hill 1 and 2 were lost. So when they wanted to make a rematch of those games, they had to build it from the ground up. They also lost the original files for Icewind Dale 2. That, yes, so and they, that's never coming out. Yeah, Beamdog couldn't do an enhanced edition because somebody doesn't know where the original files went and they're probably gone now. And here's the thing. For people who say, well, don't you have copies of the game? Sure, you have copies of the game, but that's not the source code. No. By the way, I did play um, Devastation. It was fine. I mean, it was really – when I say it's tra it's really faithful to the uh, Transformers lore, so I know that a lot of fans want these games. 
And I'm glad to find out that uh, Splash Damage is still doing stuff because they they were the people who, who were the original modders. You know, they did the uh, that Quake mod that is famous. What was it called again? It was a Quake mod that gave everybody missions to do uh, during the uh, enemy. Oh, damn it. I forgot the name of it. But they also did Brink, which I liked. Um, and then they made Dirty Bomb, which was the uh, which was a game that was actually well received, which was basically more or less a sequel to to Brink. They know what they're doing, so I'm glad they're doing a new title like this. Uh, for those who never played the Transformers games, it's basically a isometric shooter, basically. Um, and when you transformed, you know you had two forms if for every transformer you're playing. And each of them would have different abilities. You know, there are different forms. The robot would do be able to do this. The vehicle or whatever they were would be able to play that. Did either of you play the Transformers games? No, I have not. I played War for Cybertron. I liked that game. So hopefully they find it. <laughs> and by the way, when they say uh, it'd be a hit for Game Pass, I'm pretty sure that this is a game that was multi-platform. So it'll probably come out for all the uh, platforms it was out for. I think it was just... Um, Oh, what did it come out on? I know it came out on PC. I know it came out on PlayStation 3, I want to say. An Xbox. I know it was an Xbox 360 game. And then uh, it probably was a Wii game or at least a GameCube. No, it's probably a GameCube game now that I think about it. The games, I mean. Hmm. Not just one game. But yeah, hopefully um, someone logs into a computer and says, Hey, look, I found Transformers. <laughs> It's just so silly. Someone just walks around and say, "Hey, guess what? I found the the source files. It was it was in Bill's desk." Yeah, that'll be like it's it's so weird to think that like act, I mean, Activision has gone through a lot of acquisitions and being bought by parent companies and and trading hands and places cl- and offices closing, offices opening. So yeah, the idea that like in that shuffle, a whole fucking stack of games for an entire series just was lost. Here's the thing. It's not like the Transformers are a small property. I mean, they're on par with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, for crying out loud. Oh, yeah. You know, it's not like they lost, uh, I don't know, uh, Blink, you know, Blinks. It's not like, they, oh, we can't find Blinks 3. No. Mm-hmm. This is this is Transformers. Yes. Yeah. Michael Bay did Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and he did the Transformers. I mean, Hasbro's yeah. not a small company either, by the way. They own Dungeons & Dragons, unfortunately. It's just weird to think of a, of a dusty old hard drive sitting somewhere in the Activision building, just like a, it, like a rare loot drop somewhere in the depths of, uh, of the Activision. Uh, I, I don't know why it's not on their network server somewhere. It, it's just terrible. Sort of like, um, you know, uh, they found um, Orson Welles' Othello, like... 30 years after he filmed it, it was never released, and they found it. And they released it because it was stuck in some some warehouse in Manhattan. By the way, the same warehouse where, uh, in the film Citizen Kane, Rosebud was being held. It was in that warehouse, in the Manhattan warehouse. They should look in that warehouse for the uh, for the Transformers games. Uh, you know what? It's in, it's in Bobby Kotick's uh, Golden Umbrella. <laughs> golden Parachute. It's in his parachute. Bobby Kotick stole it. He, he wants his own Transformers. So once once this deal is closed and it's going to be like in two weeks or so, hopefully Bobby will be out and then all of a sudden Transformers magically appears. <laughs> it's like he had the he had the key. We get to look in Bobby Kotick's liquor cabinet. Oh, there it is. You have this little bumblebee there offering you a beer, saying, "Hey, you found us. Achievement unlocked." Uh, yeah, you know the the minute they find the uh, the Transformers source code, it's like. Out of nowhere, you hear a, a, an achievement unlocked. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we're going to move on to the next item. Baldur's Gate 3 has a hidden skill tree for illithid powers, and this comes from PC Gamer. The central premise of Baldur's Gate 3 is pretty straightforward. You have an illithid tadpole in your head, and you want it out. But what if you decide you don't want that, you a- that you don't want to actually want that at all, that you actually want more Mind Flayer madness? The Baldur's, 3, uh, Baldur's Gate 3 Steam page states plainly that players can embrace corruption and become the ultimate evil, if that's what they're into. And today, Lyrian finally got around to explaining more about how that's going to work. Illithids are powerful psionicists, so the upside of having an illithid tadpole slowly gnawing its way through your brain is that you can end up with some pretty impressive abilities, too. The downside is seromorphosis, uh, the forced transformation of your body and mind into an illithid. And oh, by the way, you're no longer you. You're now that illithid. So, um, yeah. 
uh, in Baldur's Gate 3, you'll actually be able to develop and expand upon those newfound abilities across a separate hidden skill tree called Illithid Powers. Baldur's Gate 3, uh, players who want to follow the path of the Mind Flayer will need to find more of the little fellas in jars and pools and even in the skull of other infected proto-Illithid, then consume them. Uh, each tadpole taken in will unlock a new Illithid power within a skill tree made up of 25 quote-unquote Mind Flayer-inspired abilities, all of them um, completely separate from the usual level-up mechanics. One of those abilities will even enable you to transform into a displacer beast, a massive black feline predator with six legs, two large tentacles, and the ability to bend light, uh, which, uses, which uses a powerful camouflage, which is also in that really awful movie that was out a couple of months ago. Um, the companions, at least some of whom are similarly illithid effect, afflicted, can consume tadpoles to enhance their abilities, but in fine Galder's Gate, Gate, Baldur's Gate form, not everyone will think it's a good idea. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Don't you mean that... Um, that oh, it's not a devilkin. It's one of your yeah, companions. Yeah, she she wants to kill herself and kill you because you have tadpoles in your head. Immediately, it's like she doesn't. Yeah, just kill me. She says she wants you to kill her, and it's like you could you could actually oblige her if you want, but it's like she wants no part of it. Can you? I wonder if you could force feed them into her. <laughs> yeah, there's like. That- 11,000 endings, so there, there might be a, a path where you could do that. Other aspects of your adventure can also get a little bit more complicated, Lyrian teased, although it declined to elaborate further, saying that's for you to discover. Uh, again, no shit. Uh, yeah, like, I, I I, absolutely get the vibe that, like, these Mind Flayer abilities are going to be really cool, really sick, really ridiculous. Well, they're psionic abilities. I mean, it's going to include teleporting, uh, teleporting and telekinesis and like, maybe... Allow you to bite someone's head off? I don't know. Possibly some of the most devastating devastating abilities in the game, but the cost at which it's going to take on your story to to, to grab those abilities is probably going to be pretty intense. Based and you're on probably going to we've seen. Yeah, and you're probably going to end up becoming the Ithalid and. Well, that's be- just it. You can actually, for you can actually do that ahead of time. It's, it might. It doesn't have to be an ending. Mid game, you can say, "Fuck it, I'm an Ithalid now." Boom pretty sure people are going to react to you a lot differently especially since an elephant cannot talk although i'm pretty sure they could they could do um they could do uh mind reading and mind you know but oh yeah but maybe only with other people with tadpoles in their head i mean yeah you're going to be there you're going to be an elephant walking into town yeah people are going to react to you well <laughs> it's like you're going sith this is like the sith path or it's not it's worse than the sith you don't even look human anymore yeah. <laughs> or whatever race you are like uh <laughs> It's like the story of the of the main character in the first Diablo game where they tried yeah. to take the where they tried to take No, the, they put they put the no they put the gem in their head. And, and that's they, what I was saying. They, they imprisoned they imprisoned Diablo, them, yeah. But it ended up turning them into what was it called? Like the wandering something. Yeah, and Marius. Poor Marius. I feel bad for Marius. Because Bale decided to visit him in his in his jail cell. Yep. And uh but this is worse. This is here's the thing. The traveler didn't want to become Diablo. Here you're saying, screw that. I want some tentacles. <laughs> and then you just gotta wander from town to town, desolating everyone who opposes you. It's like, or you just you just mind fuck them all. You know, you just you just you know you brainwash everybody with your new tentacle powers. But <laughs> I mean, yeah. I know there's alignment. Is there alignment in this? I don't remember giving myself an alignment. No, the alignment is uh, not in this game. Ah. Because I can just picture someone, chaotic evil, saying, yep, that's me. (laughs) Time to suck out some brains. (laughs) I guess so. Yeah. uh, By the way, my character, um, I'm going heavily into uh, intelligent perception. And um, some dexterity, because I'm doing the... Uh, I found the most fun being the con artist role. You know, the... Because uh, when you go into town, there's this little kid, this, there's this little devilkin who tries to um, con you. And if you if you have that background, it's like, yep, nice try, kid. You're not you're not fooling me. And look, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip you off even worse. <laughs> don't 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 try to con a con artist. There's just so much you can do in that game. And I only played like one tenth of it, or maybe even less, maybe one twentieth of it. Yeah, it's 
I, I think what I want to do when I first start playing that game is I want to go for a, a druid build of some kind, just because like the the things that we've seen as far as what druids can do in that game, not just like I always talk to animals. Stuff. Yes, I like and having to talk to animals. Here's the thing: for those who don't know, everything has a name in that down to the smallest NPC, and they all have their own personalities, and all of the animals will talk to you and will be full... Every single animal will... If, if you become a druid, you can converse with. And they'll all have their own their own uh, personality and traits. Like, I believe there was one that... I think it was a big creature, it was a bear or something, and it had the voice of someone who was like, like, a little, like a little boy. Like, oh, can I do that? Something like that. Yeah. But the idea of attack of turning into a grizzly bear and mauling somebody <laughs> and then just going and having a snack and having a sit and being polite with other characters is really funny to me. By the <laughs> way, um, here's the thing. If you choose to be a druid, when you talk to Asterion, who is the elven vampire, for those who don't know, um, you could insist that he not kill anybody. And one of the things you says, one of the things you can say, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't kill anybody, you can't suck the blood out of anybody we can talk to. And Asterion will say, you're a druid, you can talk to animals. Yep. <laughs> Do you know how much that restricts me? Okay, fine, I'll only, I'll only drain blood from the really stupid animals. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's exactly what he says. <laughs> and um, in the YouTube comments, uh, one of the comments said, "Wait until uh, Syrian finds out. He can he can also talk to plants." I'm really excited to uh, like. I want to do a custom character because I want to run into these characters in the game and experience their stories from the outside, and yeah. then maybe on a second playthrough, like fiddle with their stories from their side. Yeah, I'm basically make myself, and then I'll experiment from then on, which is what I always do. I always make myself in a game, and then after that, I experiment. Yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see what kind of stuff you can unlock when you play as them versus also, when you play as a custom. Also, you can create your own love interest. I don't know if you've seen that or yet, but that's that's in the early access game too. You create your own love interest, and you can give them your their whatever voice, whatever look, whatever sex that you want them to be. You can make them your love interest. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, it's it basically looks like sky's the limit with this game for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Again. I'm gonna have no problem playing both Baldur's Gate three and Starfield. It's it's not gonna be a juggling act for me. I know I know Scott has played really involved long RPGs and he's played more than one at a time. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean you play Trails and the Zelda sequel. Mm-hmm. So definitely. Anyways, it's um it's gonna be a really good year. There's some good shit coming out this year. It's like pandemic is over and finally all the stuff we were waiting for is splurging out and the reason why i didn't come out last year is because because of the pandemic everybody said you know what just give it another year and that's by the way that's what microsoft did with with bethesda they said oh you're ready to release it out no you're gonna spend another year on it get it right they also said that about redfall too but you know there's nothing that could save i oh, here's the thing i played redfall on pc it's perfectly fine it's like playing it's exactly like playing um Dishonored, you know, except vampires in modern day. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, I can see the uh, where there was gonna, it was going to be a live service game. I can see because you have your hub and you talk to people and you can buy stuff there. But really, once you get the shotgun and a and a and a, and a pistol with a stake in it, that's all you need. Yeah. And there's a good uh, stealth element in 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 Redfall too. I'm glad they fixed it up from where it started because it was really rough at launch for a lot of people. I know, but here's the thing. When I played on PC, it was fine. It was smooth. When I played it on Xbox, oh my god, uh, the controls were sluggish. So I can. Here's the thing. When you have a multi-platform game, uh, the impression from console is always going to win out. Because I know a lot of people who played Cyberpunk, Cyberpunk 2077 had no issues on PC. None. Not, none whatsoever. I had no issues on Xbox One X. But people who were playing it on you know, Xbox One and PlayStation 4... They had all the problems, and therefore, they all, you know, it got the reputation from the, the the lowest console versions of the game, which is why I'm glad, you know, that Microsoft is slowly ditching the Xbox One and just saying, yeah, this game's going to be only for Xbox Series X and S. 
That's it. Sorry. Thankfully, um, if you have Game Pass, you can you can stream the game on your Xbox One, so you won't be left out. You were going to say something. What were you going to say? No, I have nothing to say about Redfall. That game uh, came and went. No, I mean a different game. I thought you were going to say something else. Oh, well, that's okay. You know, you can look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. If you enjoy feedback, so leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, it's up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. So, try to send iTunes comments. You can find TJ at Evo. Mm-hmm. So, when is Evo this weekend? It is this weekend from Friday to Sunday. And what games have you registered for? I'm going to be competing in King of Fighters 15, uh, Mortal Kombat 11 Ultimate, and Guilty Gear Strive. Uh, I'm also going to be interviewing a lot of important folks, getting some cool coverage done, uh, taking tons of pictures, uh, filming a lot of video, and just running the gamut between competing and working media. It's going to be a busy weekend. I am going to be exhausted by the end of it, but I'm very excited. That reminds me, I have Street Fighter VI, but I haven't started it yet. Uh, give the world tour mode a spin and see what I you know. Think. That's what I'm planning on doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This will be my first uh, Street Fighter since Puzzle Fighter Two. <laughs> yeah. I love Puzzle it's Fighter. It's a good one. It's a good one to jump back in. Yep. So um, you can find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You can find me at X at Jonah Falcon. It's on Twitter.com. It's on Twitter.com. I'll call it Twitter, damn it. <laughs> um, you can find me at Johnny Chugs. You can find me at Charter Moore. And uh, sorry, Elon, we're not going to be hawking any F- NFTs. We're not going to do any Bitcoin because I know that's why you rebranded. Because he, he wants to start doing the, the Web 3.0 failed, and now he's going to try and start. Started with Twitter. It's like, no, just, just stop. No, it's not going to happen. Just crash and burn already so we can be done with it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will see you next week. And uh, it looks like I'm going to be the only one who's going to be talking about Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, wait. You said you're going to hold off, Scott, right? Or are you just going to wait for reviews? TJ was on holding Oh, off. so you're going to buy it day one. Or at least, you know, you're going to cost. Here's the thing. Everybody's already giving it rave reviews. I think it's a safe purchase. Yeah, it seems like it. So, uh, me and me and <laughs> me and Scott will be talking about Baldur's Gate three while while Scott listens. I mean, TJ listens. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, how much spoilers should we do? I mean, I, I guess the, you know the first chapter. You know, when you're on your ship and you first get the the tadpole and you go to that druid's camp and where all the devil kin are. I think that's pretty much spoiler free. I mean, no matter what we say, there it's going to be fine. And I know there's different ways that you can deal with a goblin camp. So I think we can discuss that. How we dealt with a goblin camp. Was it a goblin camp? Or a kobold camp? No, it was a goblin camp. It was goblins, yeah. Okay. Anyways, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.